of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, our, O oh God, our Father, at the baptism of Jesus, you proclaimed him your beloved Son and anointed him with the, with the Holy Spirit. Make all who are baptized into Christ faithful into their calling to be your daughters and sons and empower us all with your spirit. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Okay, so our first reading is found in 2 Kings chapter 5. It'll be verses 1 through 5, 7 through 10, and 14 through 15. So looking in the Bible that's in the pew, that's on page 262 of the Old Testament. Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Aram, was a great man and in high favor with his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Aram. The man, though a mighty warrior, suffered from leprosy. Now the Armenians on one of their raids had taken a young girl captive from the land of Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. So Naaman went in and told his lord just what the girl from the land of Israel had said. And the king of Aram said, Go then, and I will send along a letter to the king of Israel. He went, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten cents sets of garments. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to give death or life, that this man sends word to me to cure a man of his leprosy? Just look and see how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. But when Elijah, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent a message to the king. Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come to me, that he may learn that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and halted at the entrance of Elijah's house. Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go, wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. So he went down and immersed himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. His flesh was restored like the flesh of a young boy, and he was clean. Then he returned to the man of God, he and all his company. He came and stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Please accept a present from your servant. The word of the Lord. The second reading is taken from the 10th chapter of Acts, beginning with the 34th verse, and that's found in the New Testament on page 99. Then Peter began to speak to them. I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John announced. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. How he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did, both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear 
not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses, and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please rise for the reading of the gospel. Today's gospel reading is from uh, Matthew 3, chapter 13, uh, starting at verse 13. That can be found on page 2 of the New Testament. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from out of the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him and saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you. You may be seated at this time. I invite the little Lutherans to come forward. How is everyone? You get new shoes? No, you've had it for a while. I like them, though. How are you, Ava Marie? Yeah. You all have a good week? Yeah? I need a hug. My Vikings lost. No? Okay. Uh, no sympathy, I see. Hey, so, do you guys remember your baptism? You do? You remember your baptism? What happened at your baptism? I can remember because I have my daddy. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear that. I can remember it because I have my baby book. Oh, you have your baby book. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Downstairs. Downstairs. Grant, have you looked at your baby book? Oh, you just looked at it? She just finally got around to finishing it? <laughs> right? How about you, Grant? Have you looked at your baby book? No, he doesn't have one. Oh, you don't have one yet? But okay. My mom is okay. How about you? Do you remember your baptism? No. Yeah. Ava Marie, do you remember? No. I remember your baptism. Of the four of you, Ava Marie is the one I got to baptize. That was Christmas Eve, two Christmases ago. And um, you guys were all sitting here watching her, though. I remember that, right? And so, so we dipped the water and put it over her head. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And then... No, I... What? Yeah, I had to go to a church. He didn't get baptized yet. He, he, he just can, and they put him in a big pool, and they just they dunked him in. Yeah, oh, he got dunked? Oh, that's another way of doing baptism. In fact, that's what the Bible shows Jesus. It looks like Jesus got dunked in the river. Now, if you were to do it the right way, we have to go to the river. So how many of us want to go in the river in the winter? No. Yeah, kind of cold. But in Jesus' time and place in Israel, it never gets cold. So it made sense. And uh, so you go in the water, and you have to do it three times. And then they say, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So what they're doing when they do that is that they're telling us that we become children of God. 
right? We're not just some random people. We are children of God, and that Jesus claims us. In fact, in our Lutheran theology, we understand that baptism is when Christ claims us. We become part of God's family. Isn't that neat? We're not just with our own family. We're with a larger family. Do you know how many people are in God's families? Billions of people, right? People that have died and people to come and people now. It's huge. It's really big. You can't even begin to fathom, understand it. Yeah, exactly. Or in the army. What? They have some guards in the army. Army? Oh, it's bigger than any army. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So what I want you to know is that being part of the baptism or being part of the family of God is, is, is really one of the great gifts that we know that we are part of a large family. We're never alone. We are with God. God is with us. And that's what's so awesome about baptism is that we are counted as part of God's family. It's pretty neat. All right, let's close with a prayer. Dear Lord, we're so grateful that you love us, that you count us in your, as part of your family, that we are claimed by you. And we ask you, Lord, that you continue to keep us ever mindful of that and keep us um, in a spirit of joy, in a spirit of uh, celebration, and allow us to celebrate every year the anniversary of our baptism in the way that we can so that we never forget the gift you give us. In your name, you, in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. Not much selection. There you go. (laughs) Let us pray. Dear Lord, we're so grateful that you continue to love us, that you continue to bring us together every week. Whether it's warm like today or cold like other days, whether the wind sweeps through us or we are surrounded by the warmth, we ask you to continue to find ways to bring us together as one. And now, Lord, as we are preparing to hear your word, we ask you to open our hearts, open our minds, so that we receive a new way, a new understanding of living according to your will. In your name we pray. Amen. So today we begin a sermon series called Into the Baptismal Waters, and it's really an exploration of what it means to live into our baptism. And I thought the best way to start is to tell you uh, an obscure story. Well, for us it's obscure, um, but those of us who have studied the Old Testament, it's quite an interesting story, and you can even go to the land of Aram and see Naaman's palace. Uh, It's all in ruins now, but Naaman was this amazing man who was the top general of his, uh, of his nation, the Aram nation, the Arameans, which is basically, they were Sir, uh, the, part of the Assyrian na- larger nation. And Naaman was kind of a little bigger than, um, or the equivalent of General Schwarzkopf or John Pershing, or name uh, a general in our history that we revere. And he was just as revered, if not more. He was pretty much second in command, only behind the king. And so he was that powerful. Well, one day, he wakes up and he discovered he had leprosy. And leprosy is not one of those very cool experiences that you um, get to have. It's something you really don't want. Can you move the slide? Uh, Well, skip that. Uh, Forget that. We'll come back to all that. 
Keep going. Just get to the leprosy part. Not having my own is... Okay, well, leprosy is a skin disease. It's a very old disease. It, it, it has, over the ages, carried terrible stigma. No matter what tribe, country, nation, world you tend to live in, if you have leprosy, it is extremely embarrassing, and people don't want anything to do with you, mostly because it is very infectious. It, has, it, it, it develops severe skin sores, it um, damages your nerves, and it discolors your, um, your skin. It affects mostly the extremities of your, of, um, of your body, your hand, your feet, and, but it also deals with your skin in the most worst, horrible way. And it is a bacterial disease, but it's also known as Hansen's disease, named after the guy that discovered it. Keep going. It um, it um, been so vilified throughout history that anybody that gets it is automatically considered an outcast and thrown out into the outer darkness of society. It has been found on every continent that um, people inhabit, including the United States and Canada. And so, as we um, move forward, we uh, as if you ever come across somebody with it, you will see that they have terrible skin sores all over them and even pus pockets like that. It's just a terrible um, calamity to befall upon you. And, and so as a result, and if you touch it, it takes up to five years for it to develop, but once you develop it, it's very hard to get rid of it if you ever get rid of it at all. Keep moving. And this man is a uh, Catholic priest who is famous as, um, as, the, um, as the priest to the uh, leprosy, or to the lepers, in, uh, in a leprosy colony in Hawaii. This is Father Damien. And, he, and the island of Molokai uh, in, in, um, in 18th, uh, 19th century and early 20th century uh, Hawaii history was known as, the, as the, had the largest leprosy colony in the world and he was their leader. He died at 49 from, uh, from leprosy, and he got it because he ministered to those that had leprosy. And um, as you can see, when you see pictures of him in a, as a young man, or when he first started out, he's a very good-looking, you know, 30-something-year-old man, but by the time he contacted, it just had taken over his whole body, and so he looks terrible in that final picture that they took of him before he died. And so, okay, so going back, today is um, our baptismal uh, focus because it's Jesus' baptism. But the reason why I want to focus on Naaman is how he cured it. In those days, there was not much medicine. There were no way of really getting rid of any sort of illness that you had. Of course, that's over 3,000 years ago. And so the only way you could is either hope that some miracles occur to you or you found some pagan way of doing whatever. So the way that uh, Naaman discovered that he was able to um, figure this out, how to deal with his leprosy, was to go the spiritual route. And so he, out of desperation, heard about this man, the prophet um, Elijah. And Elijah said, Here's what you got to do. You have to go and bathe yourself in the River Jordan. And so he goes. He goes. He, at first, he wasn't thrilled about the idea because why, why just random water? But then he goes. And what becomes of that 
becomes a general practice in all of Judaism. And in Judaism, the way that you got yourself clean was through what they called the mikvah bath. And the mikvah bath was a bath that, um, uh, it's really a, 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 a cleansing ritual, and it's very involved. And so that should give you an idea of when the Good Samaritan story comes up, why the first two guys passed the bloodied man on the side of the road. In some way, you can understand why they passed him by, because to dirty yourself was to go through an, 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 a big ordeal, uh, this huge mikvah bath cleansing ritual, which could take up to three hours in doing it. And you only did it once a week, and that was before you went to the temple, if you got to go to the temple at all. For the outlying people in Israel, they didn't get to go to the temple unless it's the high holy days. And so they only did it right before they went to the temple. So for those who lived in Galilee and didn't live near Jerusalem, that meant they might do it once or twice a year. It's because it was just that, it's not something you just do every day or every week if you can help it, because it was so um, hard to do. But the mikvah bath is really, the ideal mikvah bath is that you go to a river and you had to dunk yourself, put yourself under the water three times, completely immerse yourself three times. And when you do, you have to be able to do so slowly enough that you had to say this prayer. Can you go right back? You had to go this prayer, which is, Blessed are you, Adonai, ruler of the universe, who has sanctified us with mitzvot and commanded us concerning immersion. You have to say that as you do it three times. And, and, and then there's, but before you do it, there's a whole bunch of prayers you do before, and there's a whole bunch of prayers you do be, be, um, after that. And I remember I spoke to a Jewish lady who flew to Israel to do this. And she said that before you can do it, she said it took all day because there was this lady who oversaw the mikvah bath process and she got there at eight in the morning and the lady had her, had her stripped naked and then cleaned every part of her body before she went through the, rinch, the, the cleansing ritual. It's not supposed to be a bath where you use bars of soap. It's a, it's a cleansing ritual. It's a spiritual ritual. And so before you could do it, you have to try to be as pure as you can before God. And so she said she brushed her teeth ten times because the lady wouldn't accept that her teeth was clean enough. And then she had to bathe, like literally scrub her body about seven times, she said, before the lady believed that she was pure and clean enough to go through the cleansing ritual. And so, like I said, it takes a long time to do it because... There's so much involved. And all the time while you brush your teeth, you clean your hair, you bathe your body, there's all these sets of prayers that you have to say. Of course, the average person doesn't, don't have those memorized. That's why there's a lady or a man, depending which gender you are, what's there helping you to do this all the way through. And what's fascinating is that this now is only dealt with or is only done with the most conservative Jewish, or not conservative, the most traditional and the most orthodox Jews in the, uh, in the world. And so if you go to a, an orthodox Jewish temple, what you will find is that there are two buildings. There is the actual synagogue, but then there's a building that's just as large, if not bigger, that is called the mikvah bath building. And in fact, some... some uh, congregation will build their mikvah bath building before they build their synagogue. That's how important they view this. And every Saturday or Friday night, before they go and do their 
Sabbath worship, they will communally uh, bathe together. It becomes a communal act. So what do you think, guys? Do a bath before we have church? Pretty crazy idea. But for the traditional, very old-fashioned Orthodox Jews, that is part of what they do when they go to their synagogue every week. And so you can see it takes hours to do. It is a humble act if you really think you're submitting yourself to God by going underwater. And the thing about the water is that it is always running. It has to be a running water. It cannot be um, cannot be standing water. And then, while you're doing it, as you're saying the prayer, you know, you're so focused on the prayer that you actually focus on God while you're doing it. It's the rare moments in a Jewish person's life where it is completely focused on God. And then, like I said, there's a lot of prayers. It's a communal act. It's meant to be a life-changing event because as the water, it can't be standing water because the running water takes the old self, the dirty self of yours, and removes you. And what happens is that you emerge as brand new being. They don't call it the way we do, which is a death and resurrection, but they call it a cleansing, a, a new being that being created as you go through the mikvah bath. And so in a sense, it's a renewal, in a new birth, a new life. Okay? And, so, and so as a result, it, um, keep going, it becomes the predecessor for our baptism. It too is a time of submission. And for many denominations, baptism needs to be an an older event, not a baby event, because they see it as an act of submission to God. And so therefore, they want you as an adult to do this. And so it is a moment when you you do it, it is also a self of submersion. And, And it is a time in which you, are recommitting yourself. It is a new birth, a new life. For us, it's a resurrection. It is a time of, um, of starting over in the family of God. And, but for us Lutherans, we see it as an entrance into the kingdom of God, an entrance into the family of God. It is a death, a death of the old self, a resurrection of the new self. It is an act of forgiveness that God gives to us. And lastly, we are claimed, like I said to the kids, at baptism. And so Naaman, having, you know, being desperate, he needed some sort of a new start. He needed a, a way to get rid of his old self where his skin is gross. People now don't want to be with him. He saw the stigma that would be coming if he continued to have that. And so as a result, he went and found a way. And when he did, he came out. He became a brand new person. Before that, he didn't quite understand God or the role of God of the role that God played in his life, and after his healing, after the, he realized the importance of self-submission, submersion under the water, he saw the act of God and the grace of God and the beauty and the power of God, and he becomes a new person. He, at the very end of this story, believes and proudly claims who God is. And for us, our baptism is a time where we begin a new relationship with God. And that's why we want our infants to be back. We want them to have the relationship with God as soon as we can. But nonetheless, it is a new relationship that God now has with this 
being, with this child, with this person. And as a result, a whole new understanding, a whole new life begins. And for Naaman, it becomes a whole new perspective, a whole new reality. And so as we move forward now, moving out into the next few Sundays, I want to share with you a new perspective on baptism. I want you to kind of, in a way, think of ourselves as Naaman and moving into what it means to be a baptized member and what that really means. You know, we are the old Naaman, but now perhaps through this process, we can come out and see the power of our baptism, see the power of what it means to be a child of God, and see what it means to be a person who lives into his or her baptism every day. And so I, you know, I asked a few weeks ago, but I still hope that you will, if you have your baptismal certificate, to come and do it. The thing that we are told at least I was told in when I was a child, is to frame our baptismal certificate and probably put it in, on a wall somewhere in our room, in our house, that we will see every day. And then our, on our anniversary, we burn the candle that is given to us at baptism as a way of commemorating our baptism. Sadly, for many of us American Christians, baptism is something you do once, and now you're it, you're part of the family, and that's it. But baptism is really the beginning of a relationship of God, an intentional relationship with God. And so, and so therefore, it needs to be something that needs to be at the forefront of our lives. You know, if we were really serious about our spiritual uh, life, what I would love is to take our baptismal font and put it right in the middle of the sanctuary because it needs to be seen as the central event in our life. It is the reminder that we are claimed by God. It is a reminder we are part of God's family. It is a reminder that God continues to make us new every single day. And so that's the power of the baptism experience, but it's the power of the symbolism of baptism. But more importantly, it has the power to change us, change our lives, change our perspectives. And I hope in the weeks to come I can share that with you as we move forward. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we're so grateful that you continue to love us, that you continue to claim us and continue to work ways in which you are creating us, renewing us, but find helping us to find ways in which we can live into our baptismal promises. We ask you, Lord, that as we move forward, that you continue to call us into a life that that speaks to our baptism, that broadcasts your love for us through our baptism to others so that they may know the joy of being part of the family of God. Lord, we ask you that as we move forward to help us take time, find time, to ponder on what it means to be a baptized, baptized child of God so that we are, can see a new way of living in the gift of baptism that you've given us. Now, Lord, give us a whole new insight Give us a new way of seeing. In your name we pray. Amen. You know, one last thing. Can you go back to that picture of a pool? Yeah. This picture is actually of an Orthodox family, and this is their personal mikvah bath. But if you can look under the water, there, there's that black line there. And those are, those are jets, I don't know, where it makes the water go through. And then you can see on the, on the far side of the steps, there are, there are ways in which the water can leave. And you can look on the left side of the pool, you see that dark space where new water comes in. It has to be moving all the time. It can't be sitting still. So 
uh, and so some people, if they can afford it, have it in their own personal home, and they try to do it almost every week if they can. It's just that critical for the very uh, Orthodox Jews to have a mikvah bath experience, if not every day, um, at least once a week, and for sure multiple times a year, and absolutely at the before all the high holy days that they have, which is about five or six of them each year. So thank you. Let us sing now number 752.
Please rise and let us confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father, Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Called together through the water and through the word, we boldly pray for the church, the world, and all who long to hear God's voice. Oh Lord, we are so grateful that you continue to call us and beckon us to you, to your family. Even though we are counted as part of your family and you have claimed us, we sometimes forget that and we find ways to go far from your family. Help us, Lord, to always find ways in which we can come back to you. Help us, Lord, to help us to find ways in which we can call others back to your fold. Lord, we are like sheep, and sometimes we need you, our shepherd, to guide us on the, right, on the righteous path of living. Help us to always hear and recognize your voice when you call. Dear Lord, as we continue to live according to your will and into our baptismal waters, help us to find ways to make your word known to the world. Help us to find ways to make your truth, your gospel truth, visible and true to the people in our lives. Give us the confidence to say the words that you give us. Give us the courage to speak your words and give us the strength to stand up to those who may revile us, who may challenge us, who may wonder what it all means. Lord, we ask you to continue to give us visions, give us faith, give us hope as we journey through the baptismal waters with you. Help us, Lord, to find ways in which we can find all the ways that all the ways that we can live. Help us, Lord, that as a congregation, that we are creative, that we can find ways in which we can make your gospel truth, your baptismal water visible and vibrant here and for those who are searching for it. Help our congregation to find ways to demonstrate what it means to be baptized children of God so that all those may be drawn to your water. Help us, Lord, to find new ways in which we can bring the baptismal waters to others. Lord, we ask you to watch over those who can't be with us this day, whether they're with family, whether they're grieving loss of loved ones and special friends, whether they are recovering from home. We lift up to you the Kitchen family today as their family is mourning two of their children's friends' death in recent days. Lord, this cannot be easy for them, but we ask you to give your comforting presence. You never did promise us an easy life, but you promise us that you will always be with us. And now, Lord, we ask you to give the Kitchen families an extra dose of that as they do, as they grieve the, their friends. Lord, we lift up to you those who are sick or covering or helping those who, you know, who are not able to be with us. We lift up to you, Lord, 
Herman, Hulda, Christine, Randy, Ed, Robert, Alita, Shirley, Joanne, Carl, Brian, Carol, and Cindy. Lord, we also lift up to you, Jesse, as he cares for both his sister and his mom. We ask that Brian is healed in, in a quick fashion and that Cindy is alleviated from all the frustrations that goes with her, with her illness right now. Give her a whole, new, uh, a whole new set of energy and just a whole new sense of your presence in her life as she recovers. Lord, we lift this, we lift all these people that are not with us, that are recovering up to you. We also remember those that can't be with us because they're with family and friends, and we ask that you protect them when they drive home, that when they take to the roads, and that you they are cared for until they're home, even after they're home. Lord, we lift up to you our nation, that we continue to be focused upon you in the best way that we can, and that we don't fall far from your truth and guidance. We lift up to you all the victims of the airplane crash that were tragically shot down, that somehow through this time of grief that they're able to find you and feel your presence. We lift up to you all the people in Australia who are losing their homes to the horrible set of fires that seems to be all over their nation. Lord, give them extra strength, give them extra confidence to do the work of alleviating their neighbors' pains and rebuild we ask you if there's any way that we in this nation, in this place, in this congregation can help that we do so. Help us to not forget them, but to keep them in our prayers. Lord, we ask you this and all the other prayers, trusting in your mercy through your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Please rise. Let us pray together the offertory prayer. God of wonder, you formed us in our mother's womb, and from mother's earth you bring forth this bread and wine. We place them on your table, together with our lives and all that you have made. Open the heavens to us and pour out your spirit. We wait for your mercy. We long for your peace. We hunger and thirst for Jesus Christ, our banquet of life. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now let us receive the benediction. May Christ, the wisdom and power of God, and the source of our life together, keep you united in mind and purpose. And the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen. Let us now go in peace and let your light shine. Thanks be to God. Our closing hymn is number 650. We'll sing it three times over. Just a reminder to take home your uh, poinsettias if you have any that are up there. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always. Let us share that peace as we head into Sunday school.